Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Things Vanderbilt Commodores football with our good friend Billy Derrick of VandySports.com as Clark Lee's team coming off a two and ten and zero and eight in SEC play campaign. Billy, what's going on, man? Appreciate you taking the time. He does great work for VandySports.com. I know this was your first full season with those guys. Again, congratulations to you and all your success, and really appreciate you taking the time. Chris, it's always a pleasure, man. I think from the from the first time you had me on, it's always fun uh, talking, uh, whether it's Gamecocks or Vandy. I know we've done a lot of offseason stuff in the past, but um, I'm good, man. And for Vanderbilt, it's a, uh, it's a tough time. I think Vanderbilt and South Carolina are in a very similar position right now. I think I saw they're tied for 16 portal entries right now. So uh, old Beamer and, and Clark are, are going to have to go at hyperspeed. I think Clark said that the other day right now. And, and they got to bring in coaches. I'm not sure if South Carolina has to – replace any coaches but Vanderbilt I think the bigger thing is is players right getting dudes in so uh, that that's where they're at man and and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens change is imminent for sure Billy when you miss a bowl game whether it be five and seven on South Carolina side two and ten on Vandy's I, I think coaching changes are around the corner it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when so again certainly these coaches have their plates full but let's let's stick Billy with Vanderbilt I want to go back to you know the summer and SEC media days and and the preseason before we really dive into the season because I think what's interesting about the way this thing played out Billy Vanderbilt was one of the and it sounds weird <clears throat> excuse me sounds weird to say but they were one of the most hyped teams coming into this yeah. season after going 5 and 7 in 2022 you know I I heard all preseason that over three and a half wins for Vandy was the best bet or one of the best bets of the college football season Things set up well for Vanderbilt out of the gate to maybe even hit that four-win mark and go into SEC play, maybe make a bowl game for the Commodores. You win your first two bowl games. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it was that UNLV game in, in week number four, week three, I guess you could say, because Vandy started in week zero. But it was that UNLV game, that 40-37 to 37 loss, that really derailed things for the Commodores and sent things in a downward spiral, 0-8 in the eight SEC games. 10 straight losses to close out the season. Just talk about the contrast between that preseason hype, what your preseason expectations were, and what you saw play out in this season. Yeah, we talked about it, Chris. I think here in Nashville on Media Days, you asked me, and, and a lot of people asked me, a lot of people were curious about, about this Vandy team and, and Clark's confidence. I, I think you said something about that at the podium. And, um, you know, coming into this season – Right, you're coming off of. I think it's more important to look at what what type of season they were coming off of. 
right? That was a five and seven season in year two. And and for a Vanderbilt coach in year two to, to snag five wins and two SEC wins is huge. So this offseason, well, I'm not saying it was filled with excitement. You know, I'm not saying it was an it was an offseason like a like a normal Tennessee fan has, but uh, but no, it, it's it was there was a lot there, Chris. You're right. You know, and and there was a lot of there was a lot of good uh, good hope put into this fan base that last season, and you had a quarterback like an AJ Swan heading into this season. You put a lot of a lot of trust into him, and and I think that that's where I go to. I'm not putting it all on the quarterback, but I mean, let's face it, Chris. That that's that's the most important quarterback uh, important position on the field is the quarterback. So, and Swan, he started off. I thought he didn't. I thought he started off okay, right? They that's the thing. After the first two games. You're like, okay, you know, they, they played in week zero. Hawaii, probably better than than advertised. Um, you know, Alabama, and it was kind of a slog, but they ended up winning. And then you get to the UNLV game, and that's when the wheels came off. Um, you know, it was a night game in in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Not the best crowd, but they, their fan, credit their fans. They had a great season at UNLV under Barry Odom, and they ended up almost winning, winning their conference. So, Yes, it was a better than advertised UNLV team, but like Arkansas, you know, did against BYU, you can't you can't do that. You, that you just that can't happen. You're an SEC program. And so you're right, Chris, that's where it came off and I think that's where a lot of people started to, to really question this coaching staff. At the, late in that game, there was a timeout called. Uh, UNLV was going to be content to run the football with with under a minute to go. I don't know if you saw it, but at about 45 seconds Vanderbilt player called a timeout, and and I had heard that a coach told that player to call a timeout. Like I said, UNLV was content to let the clock run out, go into overtime. So was Vanderbilt. Player calls a timeout. UNLV looks up and says, okay, screw it. We're going to throw a ball down the field, and they they beat one of the freshman corners for Vandy, and they end up setting up a game-winning field goal. So just really poor mismanagement of, of a game against a team that – you should beat, and you really, quite frankly, heading into the season, we thought that would be not a convincing win, but a you know a fairly comfortable win, and you could head into that Wake Forest game with some confidence. So, yeah, Chris, it, it was it was a tough year for them, and and I think they learned a lot. I, I think I've talked to a lot of people. Um, you know, yes, there was a lot of expectation, like you said, but everybody I've talked to has said maybe this is a, a blessing in disguise. Now, maybe I'm completely wrong, and this blows up. They have a three and nine season next year, but. You know, sometimes you need that that just awful season to to really blow some things up, change your mentality. They got to bring in a new strength coach, of course, offensive coordinator, quarterback. I'm I'm sure we'll get into all that, but yeah, you're right, it, Chris. We talked about it, man. We said this the, we like this team as maybe a another five win team, maybe maybe get to six, and it just didn't happen, man. They weren't competitive in SEC play. I think that's the biggest thing too, right? So I mean, that South Carolina game was a great example of. Uh, you hate to say a team gave up, but it's all it, it, they they packed that in the fourth quarter. Um, you didn't see a ton of effort, and then Tennessee you saw some fight. I, I think uh, <laughs> you saw some some of that uh, that chippiness again that Clark Lee wants. But no, you're right, Chris, and and I think like I said that Carolina game was indicative of a lot of the SEC games, just uncompetitive, and all of a sudden you're staring down uh, another season like that if nothing changes. Right, you you gotta you gotta go portal Palooza here if you're Vandy, so. Uh, no, it's totally different from the expectations last year, and and uh, we'll, we'll see if that changes. Right now, there, there won't be much, right? So maybe it's the opposite. <laughs> Billy, what's the mood right now around Clark Lee? I mean, again, he's a Vandy guy. He understands the, the challenge that is winning at Vanderbilt, and 
meeting expectations, not that they're crazy high expectations, but he, he gets it, I feel like, right? And Clark Lee is a guy that seems like he's beloved across the SEC. I'm a big Clark Lee guy myself. I've said it many times. think he's good for Vanderbilt football, but, I mean, we saw it this season in Columbia. We saw it in Fayetteville. We've maybe seen it in Nashville. It doesn't matter how well-liked you are, you're this guy or that guy or where you cut your teeth. No coach is immune to the effects of losing. So what is the vibe around Clark Lee? I know the administration obviously has voiced their support behind him, and I know the expectations. Again, at Vandy, they aren't sky high, but again, nobody's immune to losing. So uh, overall feeling and vibe from Commodore Nation when it comes to their head coach? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's not great. I mean, you said it. He's a Nashville guy. He played at Vanderbilt. You know, this is where he wants to be, right? Uh, I think he said if you cut him open, he bleeds black and gold, right? I mean, he this is – he. He wants this to be that legacy job for him. This this is it for him, right? I mean, if if he fails here, I, I you know, I, I don't know that he gets another head coaching job. Um, and again, maybe he would, but that that's kind of that's where they're at right now. And it, it's not great. And Chris, you know this, South Carolina uh, fans, of course, not happy with Beamer right now. But one season can change that. One player can change that. One quarterback uh, can change that. I think in this age of the portal, there is a little bit of hope, and and I think. The NIL boost that they have gotten in in the recent uh, in recent week or last couple of weeks has been encouraging. But Vanderbilt has, you know, I think you know this. A lot of older fans that 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 will still you know pay attention, and and I think they're trying to grow their younger fan base. But there's a lot of fans that that they're in that mode of we'll see it when we you know we'll we'll believe it when we see it, right? We we got to we got to see that progress first, and they got progress last year. But after a two and ten season, Chris, after 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 that and it was so much i keep going back to all that that po- that preseason hope right that 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 hope that maybe vanderbilt football's on its way back and to go 2 and 10 you kind of you put yourself in a tough position right and i think clark I, I could tell he was stressed a lot this season and and their their coaching staff it's a young staff and I, I don't know how you, if beamer staff is very young but when you have a young staff in the sec man it's it's tough and when you, they're throwing out freshmen and sophomore players so just a young program overall. And I think the 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 construction going on at that stadium is is indicative of where they're at as a program, honestly. And coach said that I think, I don't know, three, four games into the season. He he basically kind of admitted we're a work in progress. You know, similar to our stadium. We're we're constructing our 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 program and we're not done yet. We're not there yet, right? And like the stadium, they're not even halfway there yet. So 
I think the administration is going to give him time, but if they have another two and ten season, Chris, that won't be good for for the future. Um, I think they need to get close to a. I think if they if they get close to a bowler, and if they don't get to a bowl, you got to be competitive, man. You got to be you got to be in those games and in the fourth quarter with a chance to win in Columbia, you know, or go down go down to Gainesville and 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 fight your tail off and and lose by a score. You know, they were, they were not competitive this year. I think that's the biggest thing they want to see. Um, and, and you know, this well, man, like you said, when, when you win, it doesn't matter how you win in the sec. Like I look at that Beamer that a couple of years ago when they beat Vandy, what 17, 16 with a former grad transfer quarterback. I mean, whatever it takes, man, I think that's where they're at, right? They're, they're kind of in a do or die type mode. Uh, Clark said they're at hyperspeed to move to get a coordinator in here to get a quarterback. Um, so to answer your question, it's not great, Chris, but I think because he is an alum, because he played here, because people know how much he loves it and that that people trust him. I think there's belief still, but there is a a, a, a pocket of fans that that of course you know they want him out. Fire fire Clark, right? But at the end of the day, man, you, you got this is year four. You got to show some improvement if you don't it won't be looking good. Billy, not to open Pandora's box, but I'm curious to get your take on this because I, I've talked with our good friend Chris Lee off the air, off record. He yep. texted me during the South Carolina Vandy game voicing some frustrations with not so much the product on the field, but things behind the scenes. So I'll ask you point blank. When it comes to Clark Lee building his program, how much of it, how much of it is the frustration of his doing and not coaching well? And how much of it is things behind closed doors that maybe is putting Clark Lee behind the eight ball before he ever even gets started. Well, yeah, it goes both ways. I think, you know, when you look at Vanderbilt and their, their stance in the NIL era, you go back to last off season, they were bottom by far, right? Bottom of the barrel. They, they were getting, I think they, I don't even think they were at 1 million, right? I mean, that that's, you, you gotta be at least be at 1 million. So now that's a lot different. Right, I don't know the exact figure, but they are they can they they can do essentially uh, whatever they want. I say that they're still Vanderbilt. They're still coming off a two and ten season, right? So I, you you say behind the scenes. I think money, man. NIL runs today's today's day and age of football, and Vanderbilt right now is at that point where they have they have kind of leveled the playing field at least for them, right? They're 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 whether it's middle of the pack or top, they're not at the bottom, right? They're not even bottom half financially right now. So so that I think that has changed. But, yes, last year, and going back to last offseason, Chris, you're right, I think it's it's both on the administration for whether it's a lack of fundraising, but I think that's also on the head coach and, and, and general manager, right? You've got to build a roster that you firmly believe will be good enough to, to succeed in the SEC, right? And I, I think I, I think they got a little complacent. I think I think there's blame to go with Clark there in roster building, mm-hmm. right? And and Beamer might have said this this year as well, but you cannot get complacent. Kirby and Nick Saban always say that, man. I think after a five and seven season, that might have been what happened. They they looked at their roster. They said, yeah, Mike Wright was good, but we need a guy that can throw it and and, and air it out. Ray Davis was good, but we we thought we had a really good O line. Well, they they turned out to be pretty wrong on that. Ray Davis is a damn good running back. Mike Wright was better than advertised, right? I think he won that offer game for Mississippi State this year. So um, I just think they looked at their program and kind of accelerated the growth without 
actually growing and putting in that work and, and bringing in the dudes. Um, right. And, and I don't blame them for that. You know, they, they trusted their evaluation, but I think they misevaluated certain guys and, and they have, they have pushed out certain guys. So, but no, you're right in terms of the behind the scenes stuff, obviously NIL is involved. Um, but you've also got, like I said, man, the young coaching staff, I think that played a role. Uh, and there were, there were definitely pockets of players that I mean, every year locker rooms will, you know, certain guys will say, I'm out of here halfway through the season, right? They, they know they, they're transferring. I think that happened with too many guys, right? There, there were, and you've seen it, right? I mean, with South Carolina, two 16 transfers for, for both these teams, for Vanderbilt, the behind the scenes stuff was a big factor. But I do think you can almost put just amount as just the same amount of blame on Clark Lee as the CEO of the program. A lot of coaches, aren't fit well to be the CEO. Um, I don't know that, that, that Clark is or isn't, but he's become the DC. And I think he's taken more of a focus on that defense and, and basically throwing the offense onto a new OC. So I don't know if he's taken away some of his CEO role, but you gotta be a CEO, man. And I, I don't think if you were looking at this program as a company, they failed as a company from the top down. Um, but yeah, you know, it's Vanderbilt. I mean, there's deep rooted issues there. You know whether it's academic issues or what uh, nil, but I think they have tried to fix some of that, and and we'll see if that we'll see if that changes compared to last off season. Closest margin of defeat, sixteen points in SEC play for Vanderbilt this season. You mentioned already, Billy, the offensive side of the football. It was a revolving door at quarterback with AJ Swan, Ken Seals. No running game to speak of to help out either. Dead last in the SEC. Uh, Will Shepard, Jaden McGowan, London Humphreys, I thought they were dynamic at receiver, but I want to move to defense because you already touched on offense. Vandy allowed 28 or more points in 11 games this season. It was a bad, I mean, really, really bad defense, and that's supposed to be Clark Lee's calling cards. I mean, I, I know we love to talk offense. It's what rules college football. It's what rules football as a whole now but you got to be better defensively than that. What went wrong for Vandy? Is it simply just a talent issue? Because again, like you mentioned, Clark Lee is a defensive guy. And, you know, I've seen it firsthand in Columbia. We've seen it other places. When you're a head coach and the thing that is like your trademark, it's your calling card, when that thing starts falling flat, that's when people look around and go, okay, well, what's even the point? Like the thing he's supposed to be good at isn't working out. So defensively, I mean, again, what was it for Vandy? Because there was a plethora of issues. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. 
The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P or S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I, I don't think it's just talent. I, I really don't. I think they had a, they had plenty at linebacker. I mean, you know, Langston Patterson, C.J. Taylor, who plays their anchor, is a great player. They've got dudes at linebacker. Uh, they thought coming into the year they'd be better up front, right, front seven. I think Clark mentioned that at media days, and we talked about this, right, being able to get pressure with four. They were never able to get pressure with four. Um, you know, their sacks they got would be because they forced the guy out of the pocket and they would almost clip his ankles, right? They never had they, – they never – they were never able to control a game, much less even a possession defensively up front. And you've got to do that in the SEC, man. Even even if you are at the lower side of the totem pole of the league, you've got to be able to do that some. And they, they were not able to do that, and they thought they would be. So all of, a, you know, all of a sudden, three, four games in, even Hawaii, man, they were not able they – were, they were getting beat up front. And I think that was a big, big question mark that early in the season that you knew, okay, this team's going to struggle up front again. Um, secondary, they've been bad for the last three, four years. I mean, nothing's really changed, to be honest. They had a decent corner last year. Uh, name would uh, Lucian came over from UConn. He's a good player. Uh, he's a transfer, right? But they didn't bring in any transfer corners. They 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 kind of looked at that and said, okay, we we like a lot of the young guys there. We think they can they can develop. You know, they had a couple of older guys that that were recruited by Coach Mason, and they just hadn't panned out and. Safety wise, they got some decent safeties, but Durkee Wright was was banged up all season, and um, you know Jalen Mahoney is a good player, but he had to do a lot. So there were guys playing out of position uh, because they had to do that, right? The secondary was, you know, you're playing freshmen and sophomores, man. In the secondary, you're gonna struggle. I mean, these receivers are are legit, especially in the East, right? With Tennessee, Georgia, uh, they, Vanny had to play Ole Miss this year. So we know South Carolina's receivers, so. It was just a lot, man. And and I look at the coordinator as well. Uh, they they demoted their defensive coordinator, and I think there's a good chance that Nick Howell, who came over from Virginia and was recommended by Bronco Mendenhall, Mendenhall now uh, over at New Mexico. I, I want to say so he could be headed to New Mexico. Keep an eye on that. Maybe even as their DC. But so yeah, he's demoted. I think all of a sudden you look at that and you go, okay, they need a coach. They need a coordinator that pulls everything out of these guys. Right. You, you know, he might have been good at LSU or Bama, but Chris, and even you could even maybe say the same thing about South Carolina. You're not going to you're not getting the same dude. So because of that, you have to pull everything out. Right. You've got to, you know, and, and so if you can't, 
then you put yourself behind an eight ball. So Clark, him that him taking control of that defense tells you, okay, he has kind of said, give me that defense. You know, <laughs> this is going to be my baby now because there was a lot of issues um, on the defensive side, coaching wise, uh, especially late in the season. Uh, and I don't want to, I'll, I'll tell you some of those off air, but there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff, Chris, that you got to keep to yourself. And I think you've probably learned that, you know, it's fun to talk off air about a lot of this stuff, but um, you know, making it public is tough, but yeah, you're right about defense, man. They just, they couldn't put it all together and there was no, there were no flashes of hope. Like offensively Humphreys is a guy headed to Georgia right now that you had some hope there offensively, defensively, man. They need to change a lot. They've got some good foundational pieces there with C.J. Taylor and, and Patterson both back, which is huge. They lose a couple of safeties, so they're coming. They're bringing in the portal guys and and the high school kids to try to make an impact, and we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, coordinator uh, issues I think were were big there. I, whether it was coaching or talent, obviously they didn't have the talent, but I think they had enough to be better, and they 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 weren't good enough. Now, Billy, you've mentioned many times the transfer portal, and I love to say that the transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh. Yeah, It's taken quite a good bit from Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, we look around college football, and, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are up and leaving for more playing time, or maybe it's a mutual parting, or some coaches are kind of pushing guys out. We've seen, obviously, stars leave. We've seen it in Columbia with Juice Wells, Mario Anderson. Uh, we've seen it at Vandy as well. All three quarterbacks leave. Will Shepard leaves. Jaden McGowan leaves. London Humphreys leaves. There's a chance that McGowan ends up in Columbia. It feels like there's somewhat of a mass exodus. From the outside looking in, it's it's really easy to say, hey, the sky is falling. What is the status of the portal at Vanderbilt? How is it viewed, right? I know there's some it, – It's a, right now in college football, I think there's smaller schools that look at it as – man, we're kind of a farm system for the big schools. We're a farm league for the, you know, the rich get richer in college football. Are Vanderbilt fans viewing it that same way? And and what is Clark Lee doing to fix it? And what can he do to fix it? You, you say that and I laugh about, you know, that that farm school term. Well, I mean, South, I mean, Clifton, South Carolina is feeling the same way. You see guys laugh, oh, go, to, go to Florida State. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's Vanderbilt well, that, you is know, the only one. I'll say that. Right. You know, programs like a Georgia that, that will pluck kids away and, and Alabama, Tennessee, whoever, you know, Michigan, even other, they'll laugh at that and go, oh, well, well, we, we're plucking these kids away. But as soon as they lose a guy, they're not laughing anymore. Right. This is this is everybody, man. So I kind of I laugh at that safe farm system. But yeah, it, it, it's it's true to an extent. But I mean, let's face it, if they're if they're being offered more money. And they're being offered a chance to win more games. What player isn't going to leave the, the program they're at? Right. I know. I mean, you know, some players love the culture and I think they may be influenced by their parents. You know, you need to get that degree, whether you're at Vandy or Duke or Wake or Stanford or one of those schools. Um, but man, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And, and you're right about Vandy. They, yes, initially there was a, there's always that initial first few days of, oh man, what in the world is going on? Why are we losing all these guys? And after a week or so, you settle down, you start to actually look at the guys that they've lost, and you know, you go, okay, Will Shepard. Let's face it, he was probably a cancer to that locker room. I mean, you know, he he was a good player, heck of a player, but you know, you, you in in a, in a school like Vanderbilt, you you cannot, you can't be as demonstrative, and and uh, there was just a lot going on there. So 
So Will Shepard, I, I don't think they were upset about him leaving. They did lose a, a pass rusher, Nate Clifton, who's actually going to USC, but I think is a decent player, uh, decent loss for them. But I highlighted guys. I looked at their roster. I'm sure a lot of guys are doing this. I highlighted guys that I said, okay, they they can't lose these guys, right? You, you cannot lose these guys. Out of those guys, only one of them, man, what was 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 actually tran- would actually transferred out, London Humphreys. So I look at that and I go, okay, yes, you lost, you, you had attrition, right? Clark knew that. Every coach knows they're going to have attrition. Sixteen guys, okay, we got we got a little bit of a hole in our roster. We got twenty uh, high school kids coming in, which means we probably now need to replace those sixteen guys that enter the portal with ten to fifteen new portal guys, right? So. I don't think the sky is falling at Vandy. Offensively, though, is where I look. Right, defensively, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll get better defensively. I think Clark will take control defensively. I'm somehow not worried. Right after last year, but that's just because of how pillaged the offense is right now. Your quarterback is a guy that has never played a snap. Right, if if, if Vanderbilt threw out that offense right now, you got Drew Dickey. I, I want to say a junior never played a snap. Right, because they lost their top three guys. Best receiver is a good player, Junior Sherrill, local kid. But like you said, they lost McGowan, Humphreys, and Shepard. Uh, they they lost their their tight end, but they do like some of the young tight ends. But offensive line wise, man, that I mean, I don't know that that team could beat an FBS team. <laughs> if you like, if you threw it, this offense right now, so they've got a ton of work to do, man. And so the way they're approaching it is, I think they're offering these kids some some fairly good amounts of money. Um, and they're saying, hey, look, we've got openings here. We've got playing time to sell. Uh, we've got the city of Nashville to sell. We've got the SEC to sell. Yes, the big the big negative recruiting tools that you you guys are two and ten, right? What what's your plan? Right. I think there's a lot of negative recruiting going on with Vanderbilt. I'm sure a lot of other schools that that's honestly like a lot of these coaches they go to these houses, they're like, you want to go to a two and ten Vandy school or do you want to come here? Like that, I think that happened a couple of days ago with a Louisville offensive lineman. That, uh, he was at Yale, and you got to think if at Vanderbilt you're able to pull that kid from Yale, he gets a call from Louisville right after uh, the Vandy visit, and he commits to Louisville. So you're kind of sitting there saying, "Man, that that two and ten season has done some damage." I think recruiting wise, so they're gonna have to get creative. They picked up a Wyoming kid. They gotta they gotta recruit that they were looking at last year from TCU. So. Man, there's a lot still to do, though. And and I think there are some fans sitting here saying, man, we don't have an OC, we don't have a quarterback, we don't have a strength coach, what's going on? But fans, at this point, you know, patience is not a strength. <laughs> I mean, especially during the season, too. But at this point, you're what? where's where are the dudes, right? Where's the new coach? But at the end of the day, you know, you've really got this whole month. Um, December's kind of that big month to do all this movement. And then you get into January, you get into spring ball. but. Uh, but no, they're they're aggressive. They're they're being aggressive right now. They they feel like they've got the money and the resources, and they think they can they they have what it takes to compete. We'll see if they can do it because it's one thing to say you think you've got it and you know y- y- you have confidence, but it's another thing to go out there and actually do it. Billy, do you think it's fair going into next season to start hot seat talks around Clark Lee? And and I ask this too. Because you, the way we determine that is, okay, what are you doing versus what are yearly expectations? Are you meeting expectations? Are you meeting standards? What are the yearly expectations and standards? Or what do Vanderbilt fans think they should be? And, I mean, do you think – how much pressure do you think there is on Clark Lee to get it rolling and get closer to whatever that idea of expectations is? It's a good question because at Vanderbilt, it's it's different than Tennessee, Georgia, all the other SEC schools, right? Um, I think he's got a longer leash 
than than most coaches. I mean, it's safe to say. Um, I look at next year though, Chris, and and Vanderbilt's administration. They they want football to be that front yard of the university. They they've publicly said that that they they want to win in football, right? That the one side of the the end zone will be will be constructed. I, th- I want to say South Carolina's coming over uh, to Vanderbilt next year, so that'll be fun. You guys are going to get a look at that at one side. So that'll be done. That'll be done. The other end zone, you know, that'll be done in another year. So we talked about the timing of the construction. That's where the program's at. I think you got to speed that up, right? It, it, this season. I don't look at wins as much as the eye test, right? And I think I think that's how a lot of programs should be, especially in the SEC and especially at a school like Vanderbilt. Say they go, you know, four and eight, you know that that's a two win improvement, okay. But say, you know, four of those eight losses were by, you know, an average of ten points, right? I think that that's a different story. You're looking at okay, they were competitive, just had a had a few brutal losses, right? I think Vandy and South Carolina have both had years like that. But if they go four and eight and you kind of eked by a couple of those non-conference wins and somehow you picked off a couple of SEC wins, those eight losses are a lot like this year, then you'll see the pressure. I, I believe that. I, I think they will see the pressure. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they would probably have to go two and ten again for them to make a move. Um, I just think there is a lot of belief. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of hope kind of based in Clark Lee. And um, you know, I I I just I don't I don't see them giving up on it uh unless it's absolutely just hopeless right and it might even be a situation where if Clark Lee looks at it and goes I, I I don't I don't see I don't see this working here he'll walk you know he's the type of guy that if he if he firmly believes it won't work he'll walk away um I think there's still a lot to be done though you know you saw Colorado I know they went four and eight but you can change an offseason trajectory just like that man and, and and so I think that's where they're at right now uh, but it's a really good question because, you know, who knows, man? Like if they go five and seven, um, he's he's definitely fine. I, I I think I think there are certain wins like there's a win total. If they get to five, he's fine. You know, if they get to four, but a lot of those losses are bad, pressure heats up. You know, two and ten, three and nine. I think we're having a conversation again, right? You can't have another season like this where it goes off the rails. Culture looks looks iffy at times. Right, I, I think that, and that's a big calling card, man. Culture at Vandy with Clark Lee, right? You're never gonna never gonna have all field issues. Um, they had they had an issue a couple of nights ago with a, with a player downtown. So, man, at the end of the day, Chris, they've got they've got to be competitive. You know, it's the SEC. I get that. You got Texas and OU coming in, but if it's gonna work, we're gonna see if it's gonna work after this offseason next year, because you've got the investment now. You've got that what you thought you needed. If you can't do it. When are you gonna do it? So there's pressure. Yeah, there's pressure, but there's not there's not LSU Ed Orgeron pressure that last year. You know, that I don't think I don't think a school like Vanderbilt uh, you know, can can cause that on a coach other than maybe Derek Mason, you know, that last year. But um yeah, man, it, it'll be interesting. Like I said, it's all about the it's more about the eye test and the actual win column. And I and I think that's 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 kind of where they're at right now. Billy was just pulling up the 2024 Vandy football schedule because you talk about, you know, expectations, win totals. You know, we look at, for example, South Carolina. We look at Kentucky, Mizzou. You know, the non-conference slate can help out, right, when you got three or four built-in wins, if you will. I feel like the folks at Kentucky and Missouri have mastered that. They'll start out Mm -hmm. their season with four cupcakes, it seems like, be 4-0 out the gate. Uh, Vanderbilt's non-conference looks like this. Opening up with Virginia Tech 
in Nashville. I didn't even know that. Vatek comes to Nashville. Uh, outside of that, it's Norfolk State, SMU, and Georgia State. That is the those are the four non conference games. So. Two of those should be wins. SMU will be interesting. And then Vatek, of course, the opener. That one will be a lot of fun mm-hmm. as well. Billy, before we get you out of here, man, I appreciate you taking the time, being gracious with your time. Really, really quickly, thoughts on Vandy basketball, expectations. I know they're four and five right now. There's some pressure on Jerry Stackhouse, especially when you open the season losing, I believe it was to Presbyterian, if I recall yep. correctly. And I. I think I saw the guys at the door report take the Jerry Stackhouse bobblehead and <laughs> him on the on the table and break his head off. And I was like, things are going well in Nashville right now, as you can tell. <laughs> but really quickly, thoughts on the team. I mean, obviously, it's it's the, the non-conference is important, but it's conference play that really determines who you are. So, I mean, thoughts on this team? Can they get it rolling, losing record right now? Yeah, it's hard to see. It really is because this is year five, man. Year five, and you lose to Presbyterian. There's a there was there was some excitement. There was still kind of the back of their minds. I think most fans' minds that this is Stackhouse. You know, you kind of got that aura around the program. It's kind of a dark cloud right now. They uh, lost a lot, you know, after last year. Studi, of course, is at South Carolina. Uh, lost a couple other guys that that they thought were were contributors. Liam Robbins to the NBA. There's just not a ton of hope right now there, Chris. I mean, last year they were in a similar spot, but they had guys like Robbins and 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 a shooter like a Studi. They had they had more continuity, I think. They have they never have any continuity uh after any regular season. And I to answer your question, no. I I don't I, I'm not trying to be facetious or anything here. I just don't see it. Um yeah, they'll probably I think I think the ceiling here is they'll, they'll have a, fun, a few fun games at Memorial. They'll pick off, you know, a few teams here or there. Uh I, I still see them as a team that maybe, you know, wins four to six SEC games. I just again, maybe they turn things around. That, that's the thing about Stackhouse teams. They did it last year. They did it a couple of years ago where they get deeper into SEC play and they find a way to flip the script. I don't know. I don't see it this year, Chris. Uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see, man. It'll be fun. I, I don't know if South Carolina plays here, but Vandy plays Jordan Wright uh, at LSU this year on on Senior Day at Memorial, and then I think they definitely play South Carolina, so they got to see Miles Studi. So a lot of their guys that have landed at SEC schools, they got to play this year, and um, yeah, that's kind of another thing. You know, they they had good players, you know, and to land guys at other SEC schools that tells you he's getting decent talent. I just don't know that they're really picking up a lot of his principles offensively. Um, we'll see if they get to a point where they do this year. But Chris, I'm I'm not I'm not buying it. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Like like I said earlier, Billy Derrick of VannySports.com does a great job talking all things Commodores. Billy, appreciate you taking the time. As always, it's always a pleasure. Let folks know, by the way, where they can check out all of your great work. Appreciate it, man. I got this sun shining on me, by the way, right now. I got to fix this. <laughs> love it, up, man. The sun no. is shining in Nashville. <laughs> we love to see it. Yeah, it's like 35, but it's sunny out there. You never know with Nashville. But um, no, man, really appreciate it, Chris. Always fun to hop on. Uh, VannySports.com, a rival site. It's been there for about, about 20 years. Hopped on with Chris Lee. I know you've gotten gotten close with Chris and Blake and those guys over at Southeast and 14. They do a lot of work w- together kind of there with Vandy Sports as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Billy Derek 10 on Twitter. Uh, again, go check out VannySports.com. There's a lot of transfer portal stuff. And um you know, it'll, it'll be fun. There's a lot going on right now. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if Vanderbilt can can find a way, man, find a way and, and give some hope to the fan base. But, uh, but yeah, VannySports.com, BillyDerek10 on Twitter. And uh, I'd love to uh, love to hang out with some, some Carolina fans. I know we'll be seeing you all in basketball uh, here eventually. So uh, it'll be fun. 
Billy, you're the man. I appreciate you. Let's definitely do it again soon. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.